0: Welcome to TP Talks, PWC's Global Transfer Pricing Podcast Series. My name is Ben Brewer, and we're recording this podcast at PWC's Global Transfer Pricing Conference in Toronto. The topic for this podcast is Action 13 of the OECD Base Erosion and Profit Shifting BEPS Plan. I'm joined by Matias Pedavia, the global leader of PWC's Global Coordinated Documentation, GCD, service offering, and a principal in the PWC Miami office, Ogniana Todorova, the America's Cluster Champion for the GCD service offering and a Managing Director in the PwC New York office, and Michael Walter, the Central Cluster Champion for the GCD service offering and a partner in the PwC Madrid office.
1: Thanks Ben uh, for uh, inviting us to this uh, very important uh, session. Good morning all. We are here in, in Toronto hosting our Global Transfer Pricing Conference. and. Uh, Specifically talking about Action 13, I think it's important to uh, step back and and, and discuss or look at the landscape, Uh, Michael and Agniana. uh, If we look back at our last year uh, transfer pricing conference back in in, in October of 2015 in Shanghai, we've seen only a few countries uh, endorsing or implementing Action 13, or at least showing a clear trend of of implementing Action 13-related regulations. Like Spain, for example, was the first one introducing the final ones in July. But if we fast forwarding back to today, we have seen a number of of countries introducing or they have already introduced uh, regulations uh, related to Action 13 uh, or draft uh, uh, regulations in place. However, and unfortunately, what we've seen is an inconsistent implementation of of these uh, regulations unlike the expectation or unlike what the OECD was uh, mentioning back in 2013 or 14 when, when these uh, initiatives uh, came out. So I, I will ask for you too, if, if you can just give me a few examples of nuances of, of uh, these uh, tweaks in the regulations, I think it's it's a good uh, place to set the stage for, for the conversation today. So I know Objana, sure. if you wanted to...
2: Yep. to thank share you. with us that thank mm-hmm. you Matthias um, so you know we all know that the OECD um, was talking about a three-tier approach um, and what we're seeing for example in the West cluster or in the Americas on um, both North and South America is that um, we're seeing certain countries only implement implementing country by country reporting uh, like the US and not interested in master file or local file in fact the US is um, has made uh, statements that they would like to continue with the 6662 documentation requirements, contemporaneous documentation requirements, and they're not planning on making any changes to that. Um, They're also not planning on uh, requesting the master file. Canada has also um, spoken in a very similar vein, so both of those countries are aligned there. However, um, Mexico, for example, um, has um, the full Monty, has uh, the master file, local file, and the country-by-country reporting requirement, uh, as well as some of the local documentation, uh, some of the local um, information return forms that were previously required are remaining and some of them are being expanded. What we're seeing in South America uh, has been quiet for now, but we're hearing uh, noises and official noises that they're going to uh, start implementing Action 13, specifically Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, and Chile Uh, have come out uh, publicly saying that they are planning on implementing. So really, uh, I think the landscape is about to change there as well.
3: Right. And from a European point of view, we also see a similar pattern, i.e. we see some countries that, um, that have implemented all three tiers of the OECD's Action 13, such as, for example, Spain and the Netherlands. But we also have other countries like for example UK and Italy who have only only implemented the CBCR requirement so we see a lot of different nuances and not exactly what what was in mind when Action 13 um, first came into play and if we go a little bit further east and look into Asia we also see a similar pattern Where we see, for example, China has implemented uh, the master file and local file, but also a special issues file. Um, So that's another separate nuance there. And in Japan, for example, um, you have a quantitative threshold um, for the master file requirement to kick in. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, for example, Australia, the local file is going to be a form that needs to be filed uh, with the tax authorities. so, we see what you were saying, Matthias, <laughs> um, uh, that there are some concepts that are similar, but there are a lot of nuances throughout the world, really. Yes,
1: yeah, so, so let me emphasize one aspect that you both mentioned, which is these uh, nuances but reflected in additional forms. At the beginning with this it came out, uh, even the first documents that the OECD was reflecting that this would eventually be replacing existing regulations and existing requirements. But what we've seen, and right now is, is basically confirmed, uh, is that this is in addition to existing requirements, uh, i.e. the local information returns that we were talking about are more than ever are even enforced and, and, and confirmed. And actually, they are adding more forms. The, your example, Michael, in Australia, the, the local f- file is a form. ATO was announced that this is in addition to any documentation requirement that we have. And similar approach has been uh, taken by the German uh, government and similar to Mexico as well. So I I think that one of the messages here is, unfortunately, instead of uh, alleviating the burden or simplifying the uh, requirements, uh, unfortunately, it ended up being quite the opposite. Some of us said that at the beginning they were calling us crazy. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that, that has been confirmed that we are talking about four, five, six, seven, or even 10, I think in, in, in China, you have even 22 different forms that are adding more compliance and more burden to, to taxpayers. So, But if, if, if we move to the so-called three-tier approach, one of the documents or the requirements that has been out there and created a lot of um, anxiety in uh, in taxpayers is the the country-by-country reporting itself Mm -hmm. right and and here uh, let me just uh, share a few things uh, or areas that we need to to watch out today Uh, uh, the first one and i probably many of you already heard that is the data extraction how we get that data how reliable is the data And what are the resources that we have, either technology-wise or similar, how we get the the information. What we've seen, and that was confirmed even by by the U.S. releasing the final document back in June in terms of the content, what what type of information should be included in the different tables, table one, table two, and even table three of the country by country. And the third aspect, and and you, Michael has been working on this in, in a number of situations, is this analysis of the information, the consistency with the transfer pricing policies, that's something that has been taking a lot of attention and, and resources at, at the groups. But let me add one more thing that not all of us, meaning the community, is aware of, and is the notification, that there are a number of countries that you need to notify before the year-end, calendar year 2016, where are you planning on filing the country-by-country the country report? And this is something that companies need to be very mindful because, of course, by not filing this, that triggers penalties and, and, and some other uh, ramifications that we need to be uh, aware of. But right.
3: And, and that's a very good point, Matthias. So um, that is something very, very relevant to actually keep in mind uh, that before December 31st, 2016, that in many jurisdictions you will need to actually notify who is the entity within the multinational group that is actually going to file it, which also has ramifications uh, in terms that the company needs to decide which is the best entity that can actually get the data. Right? Correct,
2: correct. Mm-hmm. And I think from a U.S. perspective, some of hopefully our U.S. listeners are aware of this, but as you know, the U.S. Um, rules or the country-by-country country, um, regulations that the IRS has, uh, Issued and finalized in June, and that Matthias was referring to, are only valid for fiscal year 17 and forward. However, um, in order to alleviate the need for companies to comply with country by country requirements for fiscal year 2016 in a lot of other countries, uh, the IRS has agreed to uh, voluntarily accept country by country files with the contemporaneous documentation. Uh, to be filed next year, so um, our recommendation is for U.S. multinationals to do so uh, with their uh, tax return for this current fiscal year.
1: And one aspect that I think it's important that uh, we are facing today with many many groups is that uh, unfortunately 2016 not not all of the countries introduce particularly country by country regulations, so some of them like Switzerland that introduced it, but it's applicable in two years from now. Some others are expected to implement in 17. So 2016 is a a transition year and it's creating a lot of noise for companies that are based in jurisdictions that are not they don't have country-by-country rules in place. So what comes more evident is one aspect that you you mentioned, Michael, which is the secondary mechanism Mm -hmm. where we should be filing and not all the countries adopted the secondary mechanism the same way. Uh, For example, uh, in the U.S., uh, Ogniana, do we have a secondary mechanism? No,
2: we do not, so,
1: yeah. And and, and what about in Europe, Mike?
3: Right, so in Europe, it is probably worthwhile to touch on the U.K., where they do have a secondary mechanism. Uh, But when it kicks in, uh, the data that you actually put into the CBCR report is not worldwide, but only what is below the U.K. So there's another example on... How things are being implemented in a different manner uh, throughout the world,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and I think an, another aspect that I, I know that in the, in the business community was a lot there was a lot of concern about is the confidentiality and what country we trust to file, especially if I'm not in in a in a, in a country that has rules, which country I, I could trust, and all these uh, activities of of public CVCR permanently in Europe and, and state aid and, and other activities uh, that we are seeing for tax authorities that creating some fear for tax authorities to, oh, I'm sorry, for uh, groups to file in certain, in certain jurisdictions where a year ago were likely filers. All these additional activities are creating some um, uh, reservations that, that to file there. So. Your point, uh, Michael, I think is is, is key in terms of what are the things that we need to be looking at now is, in addition to the notification, of course, is where I should be filing Mm -hmm. that will comply with with all my, my needs.
2: And I think one more um, uh, point to add, Matthias, we did not talk so far, is the, the treaty network. I think that's also a very important consideration Correct. when we are thinking about uh, you know, selecting a surrogate um, a filer uh, yep. situation.
0: This concludes Part 1 of the BEPS Action 13 podcast. Please be sure to listen to Part 2, which addresses master file and local file documentation, as well as the resources and coordination needed by companies in order to comply with these new requirements. If you have further questions, the contact info for Matthias, Ogniana, and Michael is provided in the description of this podcast.